Praise the Lord. And welcome to the Enduring Sound Doctrine Podcast. This is your host, Brother Chris Roberts Sr. And before we do anything, let's spark this with the word of prayer. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you for yet another day. We thank you for an opportunity to learn of your word, to read your word, to hear your word. Father, open the ears of our heart. Lord God, give us an ear to hear. Lord God, let us receive all an understanding and in all our getting, get an understanding, Father. Speak words of life into our hearts, Lord God, that we might learn more of you, Father. Lord God, these things we pray, these things we ask in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I hope everybody's doing well out there, staying safe. Um, you know, they say we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but God has a final say. Um, we're going to continue the series on the gospel in action, as I like to call it, the gospel in action. So Jesus gave his disciples, his apostles, a commission at the end of the Gospels. And then what we see in the book of Acts is that actually being carried out, right? So uh, we'll be reading. Last week we talked uh, from chapter 8 of Acts and we talked about Philip. And this week I want to go to the very next chapter. All right. So if you remember, the first verse of chapter 8 says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there were great persecution. There was a great persecution against the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and in Samaria, except the apostles. Um, so this tells you what Saul was doing. He initially started persecuting the church, the church that was formed in Acts chapter two and in Jerusalem. And it said that they had to scatter throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. So if you remember, Philip uh, <clears throat> went to Samaria, but then he had to summon the apostles, Peter and John, to lay hands and for them to get the Holy Ghost. All right. Um, so we're going to continue this story with Saul. Uh, today, many of us know him as Paul. And we're going to read why his name is Saul now. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. Why his name is Paul now. All right. So Saul was it says he was consenting to his death and in chapter eight that's talking about stephen the martyr stephen a uh, very familiar story stephen in chapter six was called out by the holy ghost was set aside by the holy ghost uh and the apostles commissioned stephen to go out and preach and teach the gospel and in chapter seven while imprisoned he teach he taught the gospel starting uh, from Genesis and Exodus and, and basically use the Jews story to tell them why Jesus is the way, why Jesus is the answer. And while they couldn't dispute his doctrine, they still stoned him. And Saul was there holding the jackets of the people that were stoning Stephen. 
And verse nine, uh, chapter nine, verse one says, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, saying that uh, or to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So remember, they were scattered, right? The followers of Christ were scattered. And Saul is asking for the authority of the high priest to find these Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem for judgment. And oftentimes that judgment was death, as in the case of Stephen. And so Saul was on a mission. So Saul had a badge and a gun. He had the authority and power to carry out and execute what he wanted to do against the Christian church. And he was hunting them, basically. He was he was hunting, hunting the Christians down. He says if he found any of this way, meaning those that were teaching and preaching the gospel of Christ. Verse three. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, colon, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And so we know, like I just said, that Saul is persecuting the church. But here the Lord is saying, why are you persecuting me? So going up against Jesus's church is like going up against Jesus himself. And it, verse four, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him. Oh, I'm sorry. That was verse four, verse five. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he's saying that you are persecuting me. I am Jesus. So Saul is having a one on one interaction with Jesus. But Jesus puts it that you're persecuting me. I'm the per I'm taking this personally as you're stoning and finding uh, followers of me. That's like persecuting me. That's like finding me and trying to kill me. And he's saying it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he said with trembling and astonished and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so as we understand, Paul, uh, in many of his writings, he does give some of his background to this point. We don't know much about his background other than that. He hates Christians. But he is a devout man. He is a person that he he probably believes or he does believe in Yahweh. He does believe in the Lord. And he 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 knows the law to the T. He said he, he's of the tribe of Benjamin and and concerning the law, blameless, like he kept the law from his youth. He kept the law. He studied the law. Right. He he. In, in 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 his region, I mean, I'm sorry, in his circle, he would probably be one of the tops. We know that he studied from one of the top people uh, we saw back in chapter five, Gamaliel. 
And he, in his later writings, he said he sat under the feet of Gamaliel, right? And so to me, that speaks to his attitude towards Jesus in verse six, because if God is going to shine a, a light around him so bright that it blinds him and knocks him off his, his uh, horse, uh, that this must truly be the Lord. And if the Lord says his name is Jesus, then I'm going to do whatever he says. And 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 that will that will preach right there that he the Lord said, I am Jesus. He gave him the name. Because there is no other name, Acts 4 and 12, whereby we must be saved. And when you persecute, when he persecuting the church, he's coming against Jesus Christ himself. The church is Jesus. And so Saul had an, a repentant heart right there on the scene, right there, sight on scene. He's repenting because of this experience that he went through with the God that identified himself as Jesus. And so Jesus told Saul to go uh, into the city and it will be told what thou must do. Verse seven. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. This same uh, encounter is retold in Acts 22. So here in Acts nine, we know that Luke is the writer of the book. And and this is uh, this is. This necessarily doesn't have to do with doctrine. I'm going to teach you or tell you about Bible. So when you read, when you jump to Acts 22, it's just like the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, how they overlap in stories. But sometimes you get a different uh, you get a different telling of stories. And John, John doesn't tell about Gabriel or sh uh, shepherds or any of that. All right. Um Uh, Acts 22 and 9 says, and they that were with and they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And then here in Acts 9 and 7, it says, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Acts 22, it says they didn't hear him. So somebody uh, that's a skeptic of the Bible will say, well, the Bible is full of contradictions. Well, no, it's not. This is Luke writing in chapter nine what happened. In chapter two, Luke is writing what Saul believes happened. OK, Luke 22. I'm mean, sorry. Acts 22 is a di direct retelling by Paul about what happened to him in chapter nine. Whereas Luke is the writer, Luke penned this. So he's pinning exactly what Paul says in Acts 22. Doesn't mean either one of them are right or wrong, but it was from Paul's perspective in Acts 22. I presume either Luke, uh, it doesn't say that Luke was there when it happened. So Luke must have put together stories from the people that were with Saul slash Paul. And so they I believe what's in in and chapter nine is from their perspective. What's in chapter 22 is from Saul Paul's perspective. All right. So that's that's just a bit of uh, kind of Bible knowledge. Uh, 
uh, when people try to say that the Bible's full of contradictions, well, you got to figure out the context, figure out who's writing and who's writing to whom and who's saying what. Anyway, let's let's move on. And uh, Acts nine and eight. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by hand and brought him to Damascus. He saw no man because he was blind and he was three days without sight. Neither did eat nor drink. So Saul went on a fast. Saul slash Paul went on a flat fast. Um, and this kind of started his ministry, if you will. Um, and there are several fasts in the Bible. Several times people fasted where it says they fasted several times where they just went without eat or drink. This doesn't say that he fasted. But today we will call this a fast. If we're calling what Daniel did a fast, this is definitely a fast. Um, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise, go into the street, which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. All right. So here God is confirming his word. He's tying up uh, everything together. He told Saul what to do. And now he's telling Ananias what to do. And Saul is was already obedient. He's already sitting there waiting on the, the more instructions. And so God had to use Ananias in a vision. <clears throat> Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. So here Ananias is voicing his reservations with going to see the man called Saul. And he's going by what he heard. Imagine if he was alive in this day where we have, you know, everybody carries a camera in their pocket and we have videos going up uh, at a record pace. And you could actually see, see what this man is doing. He's saying Ananias is saying, I have only I have heard I have heard by many of this man. So he's only heard of what Saul has done. And of course, he has reservations because Ananias is a believer in Jesus. He's a follower of Christ. And he's saying this man is is going out killing and, and seeking out people that are calling on your name, Jesus. But the Lord said, verse 15, unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. So I hope I hope you're seeing a common theme here. Um, in verse 14, all that call thy name, verse 15, to bear my name. And uh, verse five, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. There should be no dispute about what name should be called during salvation. We'll, 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 we'll get into that later. But when you tie it back in, it all comes down to the name. I want to jump to Galatians. Three, And I know we're talking about the origin story of Paul, but Paul wrote uh, to the Galatians 
and 3 and 27. It's easy to remember because 3 times 9 is 27. We're in Acts chapter 9. 9 is the number of finality. I don't know if we we probably haven't gone deep into numbers. I love numbers. Uh, numbers have meaning. All of the Hebrew letters that I we talk about have numbers associated with them. And um, when even in the Old Testament, when you look at the Hebrew letters and their numerical values, it always points back to Jesus. It points back to Jesus from Genesis one and one all the way up through Malachi. Uh, but anyway, in Je Galatians three twenty seven, it says, for as many of you, uh, uh, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. All right. So it's all about that name. It's all about the name. You can't call yourself a Christian unless you have that name of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, uh, Acts chapter nine, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So this is, again, Jesus talking to Ananias about the reason why Ananias should go to Judas's house and put his hands on Saul. He's saying not only is he a chosen vessel that to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, but I will show him great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And when you go to Second uh, Corinthians, I believe it is chapter 12, he tells of all the sufferings that he went through. Let's just go there. Uh, I want to say it's chapter 12. Oh, Lord. Chapter 12, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 12 and 2, 12 and 10. I'm sorry, 12 and 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Um, <clears throat> and so, again, this is just confirmation of chapter nine, verse 16 of Acts, where Jesus says he will suffer many things uh, for my name. Again, the namesake. All right. Let's move on here. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So even Saul, who had an encounter with Jesus himself, oh my goodness, even Saul that had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus spoke to him. All right. Oh my God. Even he still needed the Holy Ghost. He still needed a preacher to come and lay hands on him. Oh goodness. And receive the Holy Ghost. Mm. And immediately there fell from him eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith 
and arose and was baptized. So even Saul, who will soon become Paul, one of the greatest preachers in the Bible, one of the greatest writers of the Bible, one of the greatest characters in the Bible, needed the Holy Ghost and to be baptized. No doubt he was baptized in Jesus name. Oh, how do you, how can you say that, Brother Chris? Well, let's go back to the story. Remember, this story is told twice, once in chapter nine, again in chapter 22, where Paul, who is before a king, because Jesus said he must go uh, before Gentiles and kings, uh, is retelling his story. And if we jump down um Let's go to verse 13. Uh, let's go to 12. Here's And this is Paul retelling his own story. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers have chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, capital J, capital O, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing uh, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That name is Jesus. And we know that in Acts 2. Peter says that that same Jesus who God has made Lord, Jesus is Lord. Saul asked, Lord, Lord, who are thou? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Let's just go here because many people uh, need confirmation. Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you got to be baptized. You got to be baptized in the name for the washing, for the removal, for the remission of your sins. And Ananias said, come, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? Remember the story of the eunuch. He said, what does hinder me? And then in the next chapter, in Acts chapter 10, we'll talk about that next time. Uh, Peter did not want to hesitate. Once he saw that people were speaking in tongues and getting filled with the Holy Ghost, he didn't want to hesitate to baptize them in water. So Paul, again, Paul, the greatest gospel preacher of the Bible, one of the greatest, needed to be baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. No doubt, evidence speaking in tongues in Acts chapter 19, when he stops uh, the believers, he does the same thing. He said, well, you, you're saved unto repentance, but you need to be baptized in Jesus name. And they received the Holy Ghost evidence speaking in tongues. Before we end, let's go to Romans chapter nine. And again, this is Paul. I'm sorry, Romans 10, 10 and nine. That if thou would confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt 
be saved. That's a future tense, by the way. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is not salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. For the name for the same Lord is over all, is over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So even Paul, who was Saul, needed a preacher. He needed somebody to come lay hands on him. He needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus name. I hope this helps somebody. I want to thank you for listening. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you for this word. Lord God, we ask that you hide it in our heart, Father. Lord God, sow a seed and let it grow, Father. It's in the name of Jesus. We call for your protection. We call for your safety, Father. It's in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we'll catch you on the next one.